Hi everyone, welcome back to the Freedom Property Podcast. Uh, delighted today to have Ross McDonald on. Um, I've known Ross and his business partner Chris Wood from Portfolio for quite a few years now. Uh, been working with them quite a bit. Um, we've had Chris on the podcast previously as well, but we thought it'd be good to get his business partner Ross on, uh, get his insights into the property market. Um, they're an estate agency running a business called Portfolio. Um, Ross has 20 years experience or over 20 years experience in property, uh, so I'm sure you have some good properties to tell. Uh, good so- uh, stories to tell, sorry, not properties, probably that as well. Ross, it's been great to, uh, to have you on today. I'm glad that you accepted this. Welcome onto the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks, Kessa, for inviting me along. It's, it's been good. Uh, and I don't know if there's any way of calculating how many views the video with Chris got against how many views that we're, we're going to get today, and then hopefully I can beat them in some capacity. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be good. That'll be our aim. Um, great. Okay. Well, I suppose for those that don't know you, um, to start off with, um, what was what is your background? Obviously, you've got a lot of experience in property. It'd be good to get to know a bit about that first. Yeah. So um, I uh, studied building surveying um, back uh, in the late nineties. Uh, came out of the uh, of university around about two thousand uh, with the idea that I was going to become a building surveyor. Um, and um, I, I couldn't get an immediate work as a building surveyor, so I joined uh, a letting agency uh, run by Alex Watts of uh, Letting Web fame, uh, and it's called Central Letting. We're based in the new town, and uh, I thought I'd just get a temporary job as a letting agent. And uh, my career as a letting agent spanned until uh, 2016, um, so I had a few worked at a few companies, so Central Letting was a great base, uh, good sort of portfolio of properties in around the Newtown area in Edinburgh, uh, great sort of uh, staff members working with uh, Alex, who was the owner of the company, and um, Charlie Ennis, uh, yep. who works now at Glenham uh, in Edinburgh, and uh, Colette Ray, who has her own uh, lettings business as well now. So a lot of people sort of moved off that form into uh, a further property career. So it was a good way to start, sort of understand, you know, the sort of the workings of the property industry. And then, um, you know, that company was was taken over by uh, Grant Property, or it was Grant mm-hmm. Management at that time. So yeah. it was quite a big sort of uh, that acquisition of the company. So we were integrated into Grant Property. And uh, I was there for a year or so, and then I left to take up a director uh, of another letting agent, uh, a small uh, firm that were based in uh, what Trinity at the time called Clicklet. Uh, and you know when I joined them, we had about 123 properties under management, I think correctly. And we grew the portfolio up to uh, just over 400 properties under management. So it was quite a sort of steady growth. Uh, starting at Trinity, we moved, we had an office on, on Leith Walk. And it got to a point where we got to, well, we got just over 400 properties and it was sold to Braymore who were um, who were buying quite a lot of letting agents at the time. So they took over the company. I was with Braymore just as a, uh, just just there to sort of deal with the uh, integration of the business into Braymore. So I was there for six months uh, and then, uh, and then I, and I left the business, but it was, it was, you know, it was great. I really enjoyed being a letting agent. It was a, it was a great, great experience. Obviously during that period, the amount of legislation that came out was, incredible um, between sort of 2000 and 2016 just before the PRT came out Um, and I was trying I was having a little write down of some of the stuff that came out over that period that landlords had to deal with it was HMOs 
uh, interconnected smoke alarms, EICRs, uh, Legionnaires risk assessment, tenancy deposit schemes, and then heading onto the onto the PRT. But as well as obviously the legislation, they covered a lot of political issues as well uh, during that period. Uh, and obviously, financial crisis was one of the sort of main bits that hit the business at that at that time, and a lot of landlords um, were stung. And uh, you know, across Scotland, Chris and I uh, at Portolio, and we'll come onto that in a little while. Uh, we still sort of speak to people whose valuations of their properties have not recovered since the financial crisis in uh, 2008. Um, so where are we up to? I hope. So that was going through sort of the early days of being a letting agent, and you know yep. I went through two acquisitions where the business I was working with was uh, was taken over by another company uh, because it is it is something that the, you know the bigger companies, the bigger letting agents do on a regular basis. They do look to acquire um, smaller companies because it's the best way for them to sort of increase their portfolios. And then the, the, like any company, when they acquire another business, look at ways of of taking down the costs, so taking down, you know, can we strip down? You know, they've got lots of people in accounts processing rental and uh, rents coming on a, a monthly basis. Can they reduce the number of staff members, maybe, or, or whatever, just to make it a leaner business? And um, that's what happened on, on both occasions. And it was it, it was good to be involved with both acquisitions um, and just you know just adding to that experience of, of a business taking over another business. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't actually realize that about your background as well. So, and what the business that you mentioned there, I'm kind of aware of, and people that you mentioned as well. So that's interesting. So, I mean, still obviously property that you're now involved in, but you transitioned from lettings to now, you know, estate agency. You know, what made you make that switch and set up portfolio? Well, when for the the letting agents that I worked with, we never did. We never touched on sort of sales of properties, um, and um, it was always a different. We always. Felt, although it was quite connected, we always thought it was a sort of different, different beast altogether. Because it was a case yeah. of, um, as a letting agent, there's so many hoops to make sure you comply with and jump through. And looking to sort of have add a state agency onto that was just sort of seemed to be like you know something else to comply with, uh, and, and and we didn't want to, to go down that route. But you know, I, you know, I'd always had a good relationship with Chris, my business partner at Portolo, Chris Wood, and we sort of met up. Because uh, he had his lettings business in Edinburgh, and when I was working for um, uh, Clicklet, we often met up and, and chewed the fat over the property sector and just sort of discussed best practice, really. Because there's so many things, so many letting agents out there, and it, up to a certain point, letting agents didn't want to speak to other letting agents. For, that was from my experience because they just yeah. didn't want to sort of say how many properties they had, had under management, didn't want to give the game away of, of how they were growing their business or whatever which is yeah. absolutely understandable but they got to a point maybe around um I don't know, a certain point where around uh tenant referencing fees where you know they were outlawed by the government and letting agents thought you know it was this was a point where you know the sector had to maybe work together better to to make sure that any legislation that was coming in in the future was well thought through by the scottish government before it was implemented so at that point, you know, letting agents decided to come together, and I always had a good relationship with Chris. And we always met up for a coffee and uh, said, "Chew the fat over, you know, the business we had, the businesses we had, the problems we had," and we, that relationship um, continued. And then we met up. This must have been about uh, early 2017, when Chris had sort of said, "Well, you know, I'm thinking about putting together this business 
portfolio about selling tenanted properties. And at that stage, he was working for uh, a letting agent in the ta- in Edinburgh uh, as a property sourcer. So finding deals for property investors and stuff like yeah. that. And it was all done off market. And Chris yeah. really wanted to sort of bring those deals onto the, onto the open market. So onto Rightmove, onto Zoopla. Uh, and we the, the initial business model we had of Portolio was that we were going to be a, a web portal for letting agents. We were going to have this web portal, similar to letting web and city lets, where letting agents put their available properties on there. And we just couldn't get it to work. So we spent about maybe about a year or so trying to get this off the ground, and it just would not fly. So we had to pivot. Um, at this, at that same stage, we got on. We got some help through uh, RBS, their accelerator program for, okay. for new businesses. So we got into their incubator for 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 young businesses, and they helped us put things in place um, and allowed us to work in their office. We were based in their office in Gogerburn, uh, in Edinburgh. And it was a great experience. We were, you know, put together with other businesses of a similar age to us, all different sectors. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the time, again, although they're different sectors, they had we had shared experiences, and you know, they, they had similar problems setting up, trying to get off the ground, trying to get investment, or trying to get some traction. So it was a it was a great time. Again, just Chris and I working full pelt trying to understand why the web portal idea didn't work and you but we understood that actually there was a market there for tenanted property sales it was just a harness of that trying to turn portfolio into something that would work for everybody investors that are based in the uk looking for investment investors outside the uk looking to invest in the scottish market so that was that was that's when we came up with the idea of actually, well, we need to be the estate agent. It's not really for the letting agent to be the estate agent. We needed to be the estate agent. And yeah. we put together a business model that allowed us to be the estate agent in every part of Scotland because we sell properties across across Scotland. So maybe I should talk about a little bit about actually what we do rather than the setup of the business. So for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Portolio is the estate agency for landlords. So we are solely focused on landlord to landlord sales market. So landlords looking to sell tenanted properties to landlords that are looking to buy tenanted properties. And obviously the benefit there uh, to both sides as well as a benefit to the tenant because the tenant doesn't get kicked out of their property. They get to stay in the property throughout the transaction. So we've been in business since 2017, we've had that pivot where we've changed from being the web portal to the uh, estate agent, and it, it it's working. I mean, obviously, COVID has had a little bit of benefit to the business because for a long period of time, there's been a six-month notice period that landlords need to give to their tenants if they want to uh, sell the property or move the tenant on. And yeah. that has that's that's given us more probably more business over the last year in our, in our infancy than we were expecting or had um, sort of mapped out on the on our business strategy, which has just probably propelled us to a point where we're probably, hopefully, we're more, we're a, more of a well-kent face, if I can say, use that description. 
that yeah, people definitely sort of, are. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've seen your growth as well over the years, which has been fantastic to see. Um, it's probably good to kind of cover off just kind of because it is quite a niche, um, you know, sort of sector that you've gone into, you know, rather than being just an actual just a state agency for everybody, you know, you're catering for landlords and in particular sort of tenanting properties. Um, how did you guys come up with the idea? And, you know, it'd be interesting to kind of touch on that topic. Yeah, well, well again, because of the Christian experience of, of property sourcing, uh, just prior to us setting up the business, deal, he was aware there was loads of deals done off market uh, on a regular basis. But a lot of the deals were done probably in a way where Chris got frustrated a lot of the time. Deals would fall down quite quickly in certain situations uh, when they're done off market because maybe the, 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 there was no home reports and there's no sort of uh, professional marketing photographs or, 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 yeah. or virtual tours that we've got now. Uh, and if so, Chris sort of tapped into the idea. So, you know, if we're going to do this, we need to make sure that we do this differently to what how a property sourcer would would source a deal for a client. So, we had to make sure that we almost appeared as if we were a normal estate agent. Yeah. So, did everything a normal estate agency would do. So, we've got we've got home reports, we've got professional marketing photographs, we've got virtual tours. Um, and we advertise on, on Rightmove and Zoopla. So although, so you know, we do everything that a traditional estate agency do, the, the, the USP for us is that we have got every property that we sell on our website has got a tenant in situ. So, um, and, and it's sold as an investment purchase and it's sold at a fixed price. Yeah. Because we, we, we just felt that, you know, this was the way it worked best for us. So, and it obviously worked best for investors because they 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 were finding it difficult to source properties in, on the open market because they were getting outbid on a regular basis from home buyers. Yeah. So the landlord to landlord sales market removes home buyers from that process. So you can purchase you can pick up a property without having to compete with a home buyer at closing date. And the home buyer is the person that sort of inflates the price a little bit quite a bit because they have yeah. they they're driven by emotions in their purchase, which is rightly so. They come around to a property, they have a look at it, and they say, that's a nice kitchen. I can see myself making a lasagna in that kitchen or something else in that kitchen. It's a nice dining room. I can see myself having a breakfast there. It's a nice lounge. I can see myself relaxing and chilling out there. Um, So I'm going to chuck everything at it to try and get that uh, property. And they might pay quite a bit over the, the, the home report for it. So... Investors can't do that. They have to be very much driven by what it says on the, on the spreadsheets. What they they don't want to pay because it comes out of their pocket. They've got you'll know you've got you've got the mortgage and anything over that, um, they're going to have to dip into their own pocket, pay it. They've got their additional dwelling supplement to pay on top of that as well. So that's something that home buyer doesn't take into consideration. So yeah. there's various factors there that makes it more attractive. We feel for an investor to buy a property with a tenant in situ than to go on to Rightmove or Zoopla and try and compete with a home buyer uh, and try and uh, buy a property that way. Plus, the aspect that re- the tenant remains in the property is really good. We're hearing loads of stories at the moment about properties disappearing off the PRS, and that's a bad thing. We want the PRS to remain as buoyant as possible because it plays an important role in Scotland's housing. And if we can keep the properties in the PRS, then that that that's a that's a that's a benefit, and you know do or do I never actually run through the benefits of of from 
a landlord selling or a landlord buying is that is that worthwhile doing it or is it yeah definitely i can definitely see some of the benefits myself but it'd be good for you to kind of touch on those as well please i don't want to do too much self-promotion though <laughs> yeah, not... uh, but, yeah so, but certainly from the from the, the landlord selling the property the process starts immediately so you don't need to wait well up, up to the 31st of march it was six months notice period now you only have to wait um three months no up to three months or two months, or maybe a month, depending on what type of tenancy agreement you've got in place. But essentially, if you're selling with a tenancy issue, you can start the process immediately. You don't have to wait for the tenants to vacate. Um, and the big part of the process is the tenants don't have to vacate. So you might have a good relate as a landlord, you might have a good relationship with your tenants. You might not wish to move them out of their home because the, the tenant sees the property as their home, the landlord might see the property as their investment. It's a different yeah. sort of view of looking at the property. And you get to sell the property as is. You don't need to spruce it up for the sales markets. You don't need to put a lick of paint on the walls. You don't need to reseal around the bath or, or touch up in the grouting. I mean, if, if any good landlord is making sure that that type of thing is attended to anyway during the tenancy or when the property is up for re relet, and you continue to receive rental income right up to the final day you stop becoming the legal owner of the property. So you've got that yeah. continuity. There's no void periods. There's no utility bills to pay. Uh, and there's no sort of, uh, if you, well, as soon as a stop, tenant stops paying rent, you know, you haven't got to pay your, your mortgage uh, rates and you, you just don't have that issue. And obviously the yeah. benefits of buying a tenanted property from the investor picking a, the property up is that you get rent, instant rental income on day one of ownership. Um, so you get a fully compliant property. The price includes all the inventory items. So it could become with all the furniture. You don't need to sort of have that faff of, of, of running out to Ikea to fill your car with stuff to furnish your investment. It's already here. It's everything that's on the inventory. And you're not competing against a home buyer to purchase the property. So it's, there's, there's huge benefits to, to buying a tenanted property. I know it doesn't fit with everybody's strategy. Uh, and there's a lot of investments out there that investors out there that, that like to sort of add value immediately to a property and refinance it as, um, as, you, as, you're, as you're aware of. And this one is a sort of more of a, a slow burner where you buy the property with a tenant situation, you start getting that rental income on day one of ownership. And when that tenant comes around to move out, when they finally do come around to move out, you can maybe add the value there, and refinance yeah. at that particular point. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, and yeah, you're right. There is investors that want to add the value straight away, um, but often that's kind of quite time intensive as well. So you know, you've got to factor that in. You know, it's almost a job in itself doing that. Whilst you know, doing it through your way, it is kind of you know purely an investment. Or you know, there's still some input from you, but you know, you're getting cash flow from day one, and you can probably easily work out your numbers as well because you know what your rent will be, your purchase price, and if you've got finance involved and anything else as well, you can kind of tally all that up. You know, and you can kind of see if it's going to be a good investment or not. While with a, a property that you're going to buy that's empty and you need to add value to you know there's a lot of variables there as well you don't know what's going to be you know behind kind of the plasterboard and stuff like that so there could be some additional cost there as well so yeah it's, yeah. it's amazing you know it's, it's great to hear you know it's, it's kind of so surprising that there's not other people doing this as well you know you can you guys are the main people in scotland doing that or the only people in scotland doing this as far as i know so yeah. Well, yeah that's the main that's the main focus for our, our our business i know there's other letting agents out there that maybe do have an estate agency arm that are selling recycling properties on their own portfolio so yeah. their landlords looking to sell to landlords looking buy so there is trans prop, uh, tentative property sale transactions going through with other agents but we're the we're we're the only agent that's solely sort of uh, focused on that um and you know as well as individual property sales we're doing a lot of more 
portfolio sales as well. So we've had a lot of um, landlords come to us over the last uh, 12 months or so thinking that, you know, now's the time to, to exit the market uh, and sell their portfolio. And, um, you know, we can sort of facilitate a sale around that as well. We've got lots of investors who are got different search criteria. Some people are maybe just looking for one property. Uh, some people are, are are looking for, you know, bigger jumps uh, and looking for that portfolio purchase. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, well, talking about portfolio purchases, then, you know, you've seen a lot more investors looking at portfolios now, you know, maybe for a few reasons. One, you know, they're starting to expand and want to buy, you know, chunks of properties at a time rather than, you know, individual ones. Um, but also the potential savings that they can have in ADS as well, you know, buying six or more. So you're finding kind of more investors wanting to buy these properties for that reason. Yeah, because as well as the ADS, um, the removal of ADS for, for purchases over six properties, you'll often find there's a lot, maybe sometimes a little bit of a discount being offered as well when you're buying them all together. So you calculate up all the valuations of the properties and maybe there's a discount given. Not everybody's offering the discount, but sometimes there can be a discount being offered for, for, for purchasing the portfolios together. Uh, and some people like it. Some people like buying properties all within the same stairwell or all within the same geographical area. Yeah. So there's definitely a, 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 a a desire from certain individuals to, to buy the buy a portfolio as opposed to buying a uh, individual tenanted property sales, and they probably get to where they want to get to quite quick because rather than buying up one this year and then one next year and then one the following year, they've got six all together straight away, and then they just yeah. sort of well that's that's me got you know I've done it I've accelerated my goals immediately, then they can maybe reevaluate those goals in a year's time um, to to see what they what how. Because you, all, you always, every landlord we speak to has always got some kind of exit strategy or should have some exit strategy about what the reason is they're in buy to let in the first place. Because uh, everybody's, every, everybody's different. And we speak to a lot of clients on a regular basis and obviously previous jobs that I've been in with the letting agent business, you know, you, everybody had different criteria for being a landlord. Some yeah. were accidental landlords, some were uh, landlords that just bought a property to uh, for their kids at university uh, and they had that property and rather than sort of selling it once their, kid, their child left university, they decided to let it out on a regular basis. Other landlords have got the property to uh, the property portfolio to fund their pension, to fund their retirement. So every slightly different. I mean, you'll get what, what generally is the I'm going to ask you a question. Now, Cass, I'm Fine. Really yeah, go for it. Long. What, what do you find often when uh, investors come to you what, what's their strategy what what's their ultimate goals for for, for buying a uh, buy to let yeah i think the main reason is for uh, sort of an additional income stream um you know and kind of the name of my business sort of financial freedom is probably one of the biggest reasons that people invest in property that i speak to on a daily basis anyway they want to have that additional income there may be um especially since covid as well you know uh, work can be up and down um a lot of people that are in maybe a job that they not necessarily happy with or want to kind of reduce the hours down as well and eventually kind of become a full-time property investor but yeah definitely sort of additional income stream is probably the main goal for most investors that I deal with on a day-to-day basis you know especially with the new regulations involved and stuff like that I think most people need to really treat as a business uh, nowadays as opposed to just being an accidental landlord and just rent it out you know without kind of thinking about all the regulations and you know things involved but it'd be interesting you know because you touched on that topic just previously there you know about some 
properties uh, being removed from sort of the the rental sector as well. And and I found that even with my rents, you know, they've gone up. There's much more demand for rental properties. You know, obviously you're speaking to landlords as well. Where are these properties going? You know, are they going? It'd be interesting to kind of get your viewpoint on that. Yeah, well, the, the, the seems that I read the city lets last most recent city lets report that said that from the agent's perspective, rental demand is is so strong across most parts of Scotland at the moment because it just isn't the same stock. So properties right. have come off the rent must have come off the rental market um, recently, and it's something that I think I read or uh, something um, in the last couple of days that John Blackwood was worried about. You know the the, the impact on the the proposed changes in the PRS that the Scottish government are, are are pushing through at the moment or consulting on at the moment is worried about the, those changes. How you know will just result in less properties being on the on uh, on the PRS in Scotland. So, the, but going back to your question about why why are landlords selling at the moment, we very rarely hear this the the excuse or the reason for selling your property at the moment is because the changes in legislation mm. we, we 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 hear that you know they've just come to the end of the vitalite journey they're looking to release equity to buy a family home somewhere they're looking to release equity start a business various things but, but the change in legislation very rarely comes up it's always other um other reasons and, and quite often when a, when a landlord's had the property for 20 25 years and they're just looking to release the equity before they get to their retirement or before they, um, the, you know, transfer onto their, their, their kids or whatever. It's not legislation that comes up. I mean, the, we discussed at the start the, the, the amount of legislation that's been here since, uh, since, since sort of 2000. It hasn't deterred because since no. uh, the, the, the PIS has almost tripled in size since the late 90s. So therefore, um, the, none of the legislation has deterred anything from, from, from becoming a landlord. And even with the legislation, even the political changes that have happened, Brexit or the financial crisis or the first indirect or the two years of the pandemic, it hasn't changed the desire that people still think that actually property is a, still a, a solid long-term investment uh, for, for, um, for to, for, to supplement retirement or just to stop, give you an additional income and yeah. because property prices have gone up. The, 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 you know, I was looking at something the other day. I had to write down the stat, uh, Kessler, because I was looking at something the other day that said that last year, the Bank of Scotland had said the average property prices in Scotland had gone up 8.8%, and that was against the UK average of, this is the average Scottish uh, property price had gone up 8.8%, and that was against the UK average of 6.2%. So property prices in Scotland have gone up higher than the UK average. And then you think, well, you know, what areas are going up uh, you know, is it Edinburgh and Glasgow? Because you immediately we think that those are the areas. But it isn't. It's, you know, it's other areas. It was like Motherwell had the highest increase last year, right, 17.3. And then you're looking at other areas below them on the list. Hamilton, Dumfries, Kilmarnock, Elgin, Perth, Paisley. I mean, these are... So if, you, you know, if you've got a property in those areas, you've seen a significant increase in, in property prices. And you're, then you're thinking, actually, you know what? Where is my money best held? Is it best held in a bank? Is it best held in... Um, some uh, stocks and shares, or is it best held in bricks and mortar? Most people, well, the people that we work with, um, have found that you know property is still a, a, a good long-term term investment because um, yeah. that capital growth 
outweighs any of the legislation changes that happen. Yeah, and that's really interesting that, you know, and I think you put that really well, because I've seen that myself as well. Um, often in the news, we kind of constantly see, you know, landlords are exiting the market in droves and stuff like that. Well, actually, you know, for, for the ones that sell, I'd imagine there's probably kind of, you know, far more buyers than there is um, sellers. Because are you finding that as well? Because I know your agency is obviously very different because you're attracting landlords and investors. Then, you know, do you have more buyers than you have sellers? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So we, um, so last year, uh, last year we sold uh, 109 tenanted properties um, uh, across Scotland, and um, the stats sort of had what was it? We had a we had a 51 51 increase in our database. So we've got a database of investors, and they're not all hot leads. Some are sort of mixed between people that are ready to move. Some people that are just you know maybe just looking at the market, making sure they you see what the properties are out there. Some people are letting agents and mortgage brokers like yourself that just want to you know, make sure that they get our updates and they can pass it on to their clients. So the, the level of interest in what we're doing has significantly increased, which has coincided with a was it, 86% increase in our website traffic. So there's a lot more people jumping on our website. So for everybody that comes to us and says, I'm thinking of selling, there's another person that comes to us and says, you know what, I'm thinking about investing in property. And it might be that they're just expanding their current portfolio that they've got, or it might be that they're looking to do it for the first time. So we sort of hold their hand through the process. And, and we, Chris and I think that actually this is buying a property through portfolio or buying a tenanted property, either through us or someone else, is probably the easiest way to start with property investment. Because if you're not wanting to be too hands-on, you don't really have to do very much work. You see a property, you buy it, the property is already tenanted, uh, the, you all it's all furnished it's all of color compliance you don't need to worry about sort of making the, you know smoke alarms or, or all the safety certification in place so it becomes quite easy because it's not everybody that wants to sort of rip out a bathroom or put in a new kitchen or whatever some people just don't have the time to do that so yeah. this gives them the ability to actually invest in property with very little hassle um but yeah we, we are finding a lot of people and a lot of people are you know not only uk investors i I think there's some kind of stat out there. I don't, I've not written it down, so I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> that tells us how many, the majority of, I think it's 80% of landlords in Scotland are based in the UK. Uh, and majority of them either have one or two properties. That, that's it. Uh, but, you know, there's a there's an interest. There's obviously a small percentage, 20% of people that live outside the UK that are interested in the UK property market. And... Um, you know, we've 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 got a lot of uh, had a lot of investors from Hong Kong buying properties in Scotland, uh, and they're interested in, in lots of different areas. So there's definitely Scotland is Scottish properties is of interest to people around the world, not only yeah. those in the UK that know it that live here and know it. Yeah, that's a good point that, you know, because I know we've worked together on some of these uh, clients. And so there obviously the expats, you know, moved away, um, but there's also sort of foreign investors as well. What's that? What do you think is the attraction to Scotland and property investment here in the UK? Well, the property market is pretty different in different parts of Scotland. So I think sometimes they're attracted to how cheap some of the properties might appear to them to be. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've, we've sold a couple of properties recently in Paisley and to overseas investors and they couldn't quite understand you know how cheap the properties were and and the yield uh, that they were getting back for it but right. so it's just i suppose it's just that so you know they, they see it is um a good long-term investment for investing in scottish properties pretty sound and 
And if they've got you know, a tenant, a long-term tenant, that's, you know, sometimes the tenants that we have are, 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 are long-term tenants, so they don't even have any um, or have any complications with thinking about trying to find a new tenant. It's uh, the, you know, long-term tenants are great because they're in there, they're paying the rent, they're looking after the properties if it's their own. So it's great to to, uh, to facilitate a sale to an investor either UK or overseas where the tenant gets to remain in the property um, after the sale completes. And, you know, we, we have this thing on our website where we uh, list the properties at the current rent and list the properties at the market rent. And sometimes the current rent and the market rent can be slightly different depending yeah. on how long the tenancy has been. And you can only really jump up to the market rent if the tenant you know, was to decide to vacate the property. Although most uh, most landlords or, or letting agents should probably be looking at the rent on an annual basis and having a look and seeing, you know, can we review, can we put up a little bit for the current tenants? It might only be £15 or £20, uh, but it goes up a little bit um, on, a, on a regular basis. That's something that you probably should, uh, you know, do as a landlord um, or if your letting agent does it. You know, I know the PRT allows you to do a rent review uh, once every 12 months. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. On, on the flip side, though, you know, sometimes trying to push too high of a rent, you know, your tenant could leave and then you've got the cost of, you know, that void period and then remarketing it and potentially start refurbishing that property as well. So, you know, often yeah. you can find out the landlords have tried to have that balance. But it's an interesting point that you said there actually as well, which I don't think we touched on before. A lot of landlords have relationships, you know, with these uh, landlords, uh, sorry, with their tenants, you know, they've known them for many years, you know, as I've, I've known, you know, a lot of my tenants for many years now as well. And we don't want them to kind of, you know, uh, vacate that property you know that's kind of their property isn't it so i think that's kind of another key thing about selling a tenant property that you know then you know they can continue to stay in that property for as long as they like yeah yeah because a lot of the times we're uh, we as soon as a client gives us a property to sell we get in contact with the tenant and we have a chat with them and we explain how, what we're going to do how we're going to do it and we, we, we need their help because we need their help to get access for the home report. We need access. We need their help for access for the marketing photographs. And we need their help for uh, access for viewings, etc. If any physical viewings are required. But in in return for that, we're hoping to keep them in their home. Uh, and a lot of them are are, are really su- they're really super helpful when when right. we when we speak to them because they want to remain in their homes. And as I said earlier, the landlord should should view the property as an investment and making sure that the investment works for them. The tenant just sees the property as their home, uh, and you know they they in, in most cases when we contact them, they're they're not ready to leave. If they want to leave, the PRT allows them to give a month's notice and vacate. So they want to do it on their terms. They don't want to be dictated by the by the landlord thinking of selling. So selling the tenant situ allows them to uh, allows them to hold on in the in their home for. A, for however long they wish to do so. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so what what sort of challenges are you kind of finding, you know, now kind of coming into sort of 2022 when we're recording this? Um, you know, from what I can see from my side, I think the EPC challenge is going to be a big one going forward, which a lot of people aren't maybe aware of. But what sort of challenges are you seeing with Portolio and landlords? Um, well, I suppose the, 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 uh, the challenges this year will be uh, inflation, uh, what's going to happen to interest rates, um, the cost of living crisis, perhaps um, consumer confidence. Where is it? Because of what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, is consumer? I think consumer confidence has dipped a little bit. Um, so uh, because there's be obviously been increases in oil and gas prices, 
Uh, but you know, those are probably short term. I think we'll ride that sort of wave over. I don't know if that's a, an expression that people use. I don't think it is. I've just made that one up. <laughs> but I think people will that that will be a sh- short term. Like I suppose, like COVID, because COVID, the economy has recovered to pre-pandemic levels within two years. Now yeah. it took five years for the economy to recover during the for the during the financial crisis. So that's it. That two years is it has been incredibly quick. But they've, the ch- the challenges that landlords have probably are to do with the, uh, that consultation that's going through the Scottish Parliament at the moment. Um, and you know, I've just written down a few things here. The EPC ratings are a big are a big issue because I think by 2025 there's going to be an expectation that during a change of tenancy you have to get your property up to an EPC rating of C. And if there's no change of tenancy up until 2028, that's when you have to get to a level to see. I don't think the EPC things are, are set in stone yet, but I think this is the yeah. guidance the Scottish government want to get to. And by all properties, I think by 2033, they want to get to a C. And there's a, I think there's a green heat task force that's been set up by the Scottish government to sort of review this. But we're already seeing at the moment from mortgage providers not wanting to give mortgages out to uh, properties that are below sort of D. Um, we've had a few issues recently and, and there's one that we're a sale that we're completing on at the moment where uh, the sale's been held up or the owner does uh, the necessary work to improve the EPC rating so the buyer can get a mortgage approved at a higher EPC rating. But you know what 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 um what do you find? What's the minimum EPC rating that you're that you're able to give out mortgage at the moment? Is it is it E? Uh, yes, E. Yeah. So if it's an F or a G just now, there's, there's not really any lenders that will lend. Um, so in that instance, you know you either have to buy the property cash or on some sort of short term finance or bridging finance typically. Um, but you know another great way is if you can work with the landlord and say, look, you know, can we just you know do these works prior to the sale and then get an up updated EPC you know even just kind of get it through to an E because um, sometimes it can be quite minimal things that you need to do just change some light bulbs add a hot water jacket or you know to the tank you know it could hopefully be you kind know, of something as small as that to get it to an E but yeah so that's kind of the, the big challenge just now and I, I suppose as regulation kind of in, you know increases then you know that will kind of have a restriction for these purchases as well and that's only on the landlord market not for you know people buying their own home obviously. Yeah, but it will get there eventually. I think most things yeah, will go course. through the, 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 the rental. Uh, EPCs will come in, well, the EPC minimum standards will come in. Um, oh, I lost you there for a second. Yeah, we lost you for a second, but you're back though. Sorry, if you could just say that last sentence again, sorry. No, I'm just saying that a lot of the things that come in the PRS, like smoke alarms have come into private homes. Right. So the EPCs, um, it w- you will eventually, EP- minimum standards EPCs will come into private homes eventually. I think the problem they've got is the Scottish government still to clarify the, the, the regulations around EPCs and how it's going to differ from property to property. So if you're in a listed building in a, a conservation area, it becomes quite difficult for you to improve your EPC rating. So is there going to be exemptions for that type of property as opposed to a new build, uh, which becomes a bit easier to sort of make sure that you've got the EPC rating, which is acceptable. So you know, the EPC ratings are something that's going to hit landlords soon. I think now is the time to review your EPC rating. Now is the time to think about what work is required. Price the work up. If it's going to be expensive, start saving now to get the work get ready for the work done. If it isn't going to be expensive, just do the work. Just get the work done. It's going to be 
a benefit to your tenant if you're uh, if your tenants in there because they're going to have some that it's going to be more energy efficient so it might cut down on their on their energy bills at a time when energy bills are going up so they'll yeah. be happy with that so that that's done something to to to, to tackle so that this whole um new deal for tenants is also the consultation that's going through the scottish government as well is also something that landlords need to be aware of there's various factors involved in that um, it's a vote winner for the SNP, definitely. The SNP are doing it, or the Green Party are doing it, because there's you know anything that's a benefit to tenants is is uh, is is something that the, the Scottish government look favourably on, don't yeah. they? Um, but they're going to create sort of a tenant union. They're going to be looking at rent caps. They're rent pressure zones. They're doing a PRS regulator. Um, it all sounds fairly sort of uh, substantial. Um, and it was just that, you know, about a year ago, there hadn't been any new regulations that come in for a rewild into the PRS. And this seems to be like, over the next few years, there's going to be loads. Uh, and landlords, I suppose, need to be wary of it. I just, I just worry that the Scottish government are trying to force out private landlords out of the sector, like people that have got the individual properties. And this is the majority of pro- properties in the sector are just one or two bedroom properties. And these are the guys that, the sector needs yet the Scottish government are looking seem to be making it difficult for them and they sort of favor institutional landlords so the built to rent sector is quite big yeah. at the moment and they're 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 expanding that and I, I, you know I just feel that it's wrong for the Scottish government to be doing that but the, you know this is where the landlords need to step up and reply to the consultation and put their views across there because if they don't you can't complain again you can't complain about the changes, um, and if you do, there's just a chance. Maybe it's a small chance, but there's a chance that they might just listen. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Ross. So for people that don't know, you know, where, where can they find out uh, about these things, and you know, where, where can they put the views across? Uh, yeah, there's. Um, you can jump onto the Scottish government website, um, and maybe you can sort of send something out. I don't know how yeah, that will work, but yeah, yeah, there's a link on it where there's a consultation, so you can jump on that. You can start. You can click through and uh, read the consultation, it's quite a few pages, and then give them your views. And I'd urge anybody that's a, a stakeholder in the, uh, the PRS, whether you're a landlord or you're a tenant or you're a letting agent or some association with the, uh, the PRS to, to put your views across. Yeah. yeah, it'll be really interesting to kind of see how this all pans out. From my view, you know, when, when it comes to regulation, sometimes it can be a pain, but... Um, I find with that there comes opportunities as well, you know, ultimately. So, you know, um, sometimes I actually kind of welcome regulation, you know, and if, you, if you're able to kind of jump through those hoops that they require you to go through, actually, you know, there might be kind of less investors there, which I know is ultimately not the right thing, you know, for the, the, the PRS sector. But for those that can kind of, you know, manage to jump through those hoops, you know, actually when they get to the end there, you know, there can be some opportunities there available. Well, what's going to happen is if less la- if landlords leave the sector, There'll be less properties. Demand will still be there, and the rents will go up. And yeah. obviously, that's not what the Scottish government are looking to do, but or, no. or, or enforcing the sector. But that's what's going to happen. I, it's not everybody. It's not every. So I think the Scottish government look at it and think that everybody that's renting, every tenant that's renting, is wants to be on the property ladder. It's not the case. Some tenants like to have that flexibility of of uh, of renting, and that might be because of. Um, employment and they're, uh, they're they're in a city for a certain time on a contract and that just might suit them to rent 
or it might be that they're, they want to stay in a location they can't technically buy in. So the renting is offers that um, offers that opportunity. They might want to share with someone, so they might want that company rather than yeah. sort of living on their own. They might want to live in with someone and share the bills, etc. Um, or they, they, you know, they might not. You know, as a tenant, you don't need to pay any maintenance. You know, yeah. you might want to. You might not. You know, like the landlord pays for the cost of maintaining the boiler and, and, and all the appliances and stuff like that. They might they might quite like that. So it's not every tenant that that wants to be a homeowner. So the Scottish government sort of I suppose need to need to understand that. Um, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of the landlords that we we work with are just ordinary people. Ordinary we, we did a survey recently and we termed it that it was ordinary people making a positive difference because it was not the these are not the fat cat. Uh, landlords that you you often get portrayed in the on the media that they're not sitting on their yacht somewhere in the Mediterranean with a big their spreadsheet with all their properties constantly tinkering with their prices on the rents or deciding not to attend to maintenance or whatever it's so far removed from the truth it's it's incredible and you know these guys the majority of landlords that we work with are are really good they're looking after the properties they're providing great accommodation they're proactive they've got good relationship with their tenants. And they should be respected and they should be looked after by the Scottish government as opposed to you know what we think is happening at the moment. And it's you know, it's, there, there are just no incentives to become a landlord or or to provide quality accommodation for tenants. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, you, you put that really well, that's really good. Um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. And you said kind of about build to rent as well. Are you kind of seeing that you know starting to get more and more popular now as well? It is. It's taken a bit of time for the, those projects to come to Scotland, but I think it might be the case that you know large organisations. I think am I right in saying that John Lewis recently announced that yep. they were getting into right, yeah. Uh, yeah in the rental sector. So John Lewis, other companies, big organisations becoming lease landlords, and, and maybe that's the way that, that you know, things are going. The Scottish government will be will be looking at those guys more favourably than. Than, than the guys that got one and two bedroom prop two one and two bed properties. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, Russell, it's been fantastic listening to you today. Um, I think your wealth of knowledge, um, you know, really kind of shines through the fact that you kind of been in the industry for so long, and you're also you and Chris, you know, very much involved. You know, when it comes to you know all the regulation, you're very kind of hot onto that. Um, where can people find out more about you? Because I know you guys do a lot of content. I'm not going to kind of uh, mention how like you kind of mention this, but you, I know you're on lots of different platforms where you do kind of lots of different things. Where can people best find you? Yeah, well, uh, obviously our website is the best place to, to find us, portolio.co.uk. Um, we, 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 we try and take, produce loads of regular blogs uh, that are content for either buyers or sellers uh, or, or anybody looking to invest in the, in the sector. And we're across all the various social media platforms. We try to keep up with you, Kessa. I know that you're a social media animal. We try <laughs> our hardest to sort of uh, to try and keep up with you. But yeah, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, um we're not on TikTok yet, but, yes. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But I'm sure that will sort of come along at some point. But yeah, we're just trying to give out as much um free information as possible to make it and, and we're very approachable. So if anybody's got any questions about uh tenanted properties, either from a buying perspective or selling perspective, get in contact with us. We're happy to have a chat, give out our advice, and then allow you to make an informed decision about what's best for you. Yeah. 
Well, um, that's definitely one thing I've noticed kind of working with you guys as well. You always kind of try to be as fair as possible uh, for both sides of the party because obviously you're working, you know, for the interest of the seller, but you need to make it work for the buyer as well. And that really kind of shines through on the transactions I've seen you guys work on. So, um, right, Ross, it's been great speaking to you today. Um, definitely for all the viewers, I hope you've enjoyed that today as well. Definitely connect with Ross and his business partner, Chris, as well. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Ross, it's been great. Thank you. Thanks, Kessa.